It's good to see you this morning. We pray that the Lord will bless you as we look into his word together. Um, let's pray. <clears throat> and so, Lord, we thank you for the privilege to be here this morning. Uh, we pray that you will... Uh, direct my words and thoughts that they will bring glory to Jesus Christ first of all. It will be a blessing to everyone that is listening in person and online. I pray that Lord all that is said and done will bring glory to Christ. I pray for encouragement for the believers and salvation for those that don't know Jesus as their Lord and Savior. Thank you Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. All right, so we are going to be looking at Luke 7. You see, I can see, I put the chapter in quote because it's a chapter. The book is a chapter. That's all it is in Jesus' life. So that chapter, Luke chapter 7, is a chapter. And the subtitle is Jesus Christ, a friend of individuals in need. So what will happen is that we are going to read through the entire chapter. It's uh, 50 verses. So, so you need to pay attention closely. And the order in which it's going to be read is Luis will read first. Christian will read next. Um, Haniel will read third and then Tony will read the last one. This chapter has all kinds of segments and all you need to do, Tony, Luis, and all of that is just read. You have just one slide, you come, you can read from, I think you should better read from here, that might be better. So you should read this translation and this version. So Luis first, Luis, it's your turn to come up here. We have it here. Yeah, it's here. It's here. You, you can see it from here. So I'm sure you're afraid to come up, but come up. It's always a first time. Okay. <laughs> no pressure. <laughs> All right. So you, you, you've got the order. So it's just a slide for everybody. So you have yours right there. Thank you. When Jesus had finished saying all this to the people, he returned to Capernaum. At the time, uh, the highly valued sa uh, slave, slave. Uh, of a Roman officer was sick and near to death. When the officer heard about Jesus, he sent some uh, respected Jews, uh, uh, elders, to ask him to come and heal, uh, heal his slave. So uh, they uh, earnestly begged Jesus to help the man. If anyone uh, deserves your help, he does, they said. Uh, for he loved the Jewish people and even built a synagogue uh, for us. So Jesus went with uh, them, but just before they arrived to the, at the house, the officer sent some friends to say, Lord, don't trouble yourself. By coming to my house, uh, for I am no uh, worthy of such honor. I am not even worthy to come to meet you. Just uh, say the word, 
from where you are, and my servant will be here. I know this because I am under the authority of um, my superior officers, and I have the authority over my soldiers, and I, and I only need to say, go, and they, will, uh, and they go, or come, and they come. And if I say to my, and if I say to my slave, do, do this, they do it. When Jesus heard this, uh, he was amazed, turning uh, to the crowd uh, that was following him and said, "I tell you, I haven't uh, seen, I haven't seen faith like this in all Israel." And when the officer's friend returned to uh, to his house, uh, they found this, uh, the slave completely healed. Thank you, Luis. Um, Christian, no pressure. Afterwards, Jesus went with his disciples to the village of Nain, and a large crowd followed him. A funeral procession was coming out of he approached the village gate. The young man who had died was a widow's only son, and a large crowd from the village was with her. When the Lord saw her, his heart overflowed with compassion and said, don't cry, he said. Then he walked over to the coffin and touched touch it, and uh, barely stopped it. Young man, he said, I told you, get up. Then the dead boy sat up and began to walk, and Jesus gave him back to his mother. Great fear swept the crowd. And they praised God, saying, A mighty prophet has risen among us, and God has visited his people today. And the news about Jesus spread throughout Judah and the surrounding countryside. Thank you. Oh. All right, it gets smaller. <laughs> Anil, I trust your eyesight is good. You will see it right there. It's right there. And it gets longer too. Are we good? Can you bring it closer? Yeah, you can get closer. If you need to. Yeah. Yeah, go. Go for it. The disciples of John the Baptist told told John told John about everything Jesus was doing. So John called for two of his disciples, and he sent them to the Lord to see to to ask him, "Are you the Messiah we've been waiting expecting, or should we keep looking for someone else?" John's two disciples found Jesus and said to him, John the Baptist sent us to ask, 
Are you the Messiah we've been expecting, or should we keep looking for someone else? At that very time, Jesus, Jesus cured many people of their diseases, illnesses, and evil spirits, and he restored sight to many <clears throat> who were blind. Then he told John's disciples, Go back to John and tell him what you have seen and heard. The blind see, the fame. Can I have my. The lame walk. Go for it here. The blind see, the lame walk. The lame walk. The lame walk. Those with leprosy are cured. The deaf hear. The dead are raised to life. And the good news is being preached to the poor. And he added, God blesses those who do not fall away because of me. After John's disciples left, Jesus began talking about him to the crowds. What kind of man did you go into the wilderness to see? Was he a weak reed swayed by every breath of wind? Or were you expecting to see a man dressed in expensive clothes? No people who wear beautiful clothes and live in luxury are found in places. Were you looking for a prophet? Yes, and he is more than a prophet. John is the man to whom the scriptures refer, refer when they say, Look, I am sending my messenger ahead of you, and he will prepare you, your, your way before you. I, will, I tell you, of all who have ever lived, none is greater than John. Yet even the least person in the kingdom of God is greater than, than he is. When they heard this, all the people, even the tax collector, agreed that God's way was right. For they, have, for they had been baptized by John, but the Pharisees and experts in religious law rejected God's plan for them, for they had refused John's baptism. To what can I compare the people of this generation? Jesus asked. How can I describe them? They are like children playing a game in the public square. They complain to their friends. We played wedding songs and you did not and you didn't dance. So we played funeral songs and you didn't weep. For John the Baptist didn't spend his time eating bread or drinking wine, and you say he is possessed by a demon, the son of man. On the other hand, feasts and drinks, and you say he's, he's a gluten and a drunkard, and a friend of tax collector and other sinners. But wisdom is shown to the right by the lives of those who follow it. All right, thank you. And uh, Tony, you have this tablet there, so it will be easier. Or you can read from there. It's up to you. One of the Pharisees asked Jesus to have dinner with him. So Jesus went to his home and sat down to eat. When a certain immoral woman from that city heard he was eating there, she brought a beautiful alabaster jar filled with expensive perfume. Then she knelt behind him at his feet, weeping. Her tears fell on his feet, and she wiped them off with her hair. And she kept kissing his feet and put perfume on them. When the Pharisee who had invited him saw this, he said to himself, If this man were a prophet, he would know what kind of woman is touching him. She's a sinner. Then Jesus answered his thoughts. Simon, he said to the Pharisee, I have something to say to you. Go ahead, teacher, Simon replied. Then Jesus told him this story. 
A man loaned money to two people, 500 pieces of silver, to one and 50 pieces to the other. But neither of them could repay him, so he kindly forgave them both, canceling their debts. Who do you suppose loved him more after that? Simon answered, I suppose the one for whom he canceled the larger debt. That's right, Jesus said. Then he turned to the woman and said to Simon, look at this woman kneeling here. When I entered your home, you didn't offer me water to wash the dust from my feet, but she has washed them with her tears and wiped them with her hair. You didn't greet me with a kiss, but from the time I first came in, she has not stopped kissing my feet. You neglected the courtesy of olive oil to anoint my head, but she has anointed my feet with rare perfume. I tell you her sins and that they are many have been forgiven. So she has shown me such much love, but a person who is forgiven little shows only little love. Then Jesus said to the woman, you are, your sins are forgiven. The men at the table said amongst themselves, who is this man that he goes around forgiving sins? And Jesus said to the woman, your faith has saved you. Go in peace. All right, thank you. Yeah, I just wanted us to read through it uh, before, before we share. It's a very long passage, as you can tell. And um, so we will probably be here till one. That's the plan. <laughs> All right. We won't be here, and we don't intend to finish the passage, but we will do something. So, and I, I put this up, you know, just for the fun of it. Normally, it should be in my note, and I should talk from my head, but I will forget. So I did, interesting things happened last week. As I was walking on the trail, I encountered a mother beaver with mothers, with the babies making noise, and the mother was busy doing this. I've never seen that, and we were watching it for a long time. I also encountered a porcupine pooping. Never seen something like that. <laughs> and a very big deer showed up in my backyard. It seems like uh, I'm beginning to take a wildlife or sea wildlife, something like that. And something else happened. I encountered a Mormon missionary, or Mormon missionaries too. So I was going for a walk with my boy on Thursday afternoon, uh, Banky, Etienne. So Normally, my other kids used to either go ahead of me or go beside me. He likes to stay behind us ahead. So he was behind and he was coming. And so these two ladies, Mormon, I don't know what they call them. Is it elders? I don't know, I don't know what they call ladies, but elders. They said, stop, stop, stop. We need to share something. And I was listening to Bible on tape. So I told them, I'm already listening to the Bible. They said, no, you need to stop. I said, all right, great encounter. So, said, we are Christians. I said, I'm a Christian. They said, we are Christians. I said, and we believe in the same thing. So I asked fundamentally two questions. And this is a question you should ask all Mormons whenever you encounter them. Is Jesus Christ the brother of Satan? Uh, one of them was startled. He probably thought I knew something that the people don't know. And then said yes. Do I ask again? And the other one said yes. I said, that idea is not from the Bible that I'm listening to. You have something else that you are using. And then I ask, is the Bible the complete word of God? Or do we need more? Of course, there's something called the Book of Mormons. So, the Bible is not complete, so they need to add more. So I said, 
if you want us to engage, we can. But I think you need to give your life to Christ. And so they said, well, they're inviting me to their temple. And I said, I'm inviting you to Northbrook Bible Chapel. I mean, I don't mind going to their temple if they were willing to wait so that and come to mine. But, you know, I, once they realized that I probably had an idea of what they believed, they just uh, fizzled out and left. Jehovah Witness showed up at my house, handed me this exercise patience. These ones, I was ready to engage, but they were not ready to engage. And so, I went downstairs, and uh, I was about to ask questions. They said, no, we are just inviting you for our convention. And any questions you might have, you can go here. Has answers. So I couldn't engage, and I really wanted to engage. And the lady was fairly old with a young girl. But there are two questions you can ask Jehovah Witness people anytime. Is Jesus equal with God? John chapter 5 is your passage. Because I went and looked at the, the New World Translation, the version of the Bible that they use, and it has these words, it has these words written there, that Jesus is equal with God. And then the next question is, if Jesus was equal with God, what will that mean? John chapter 5, verse 18, and I believe verse 23, answer those questions we are going to encounter those missionaries. And so we must be ready to engage. I'm sure John and um, Warren, all the street people probably encounter them and they probably don't engage. All right. So, David McDonald versus Unyumapan. <laughs> David wasn't expecting this. So, uh, I was told I have to stay within this bounds. He told me, he said, if you go that way, we won't see you. You have to stay within this. So several years ago, David gave me a book. You can see that the greatest story ever told. And he wrote this on the book. And I, I've read the book. I've read it a few times. He says, to my dear brother, Unyeme, you always encourage me to think about the Lord Jesus Christ. That's what I'm going to do with you today. Because it's always a good thing. I'm, he quoted my words, you know, exactly. Always a good thing to think about him. Always. In Christ. So, it's always a good thing to think about the Lord. So, I've read this book. It's a great book. But I'm going to probably give you, by the time we are done uh, this morning... I'm going to encourage you to go to a book in the Bible to read. One more. Don't worry. You are wondering whether, when shall we get to the message? Is he going to be able to finish? I have structured my message so that if I can only tell one story, 
I put the songs in and then we close. If I can tell two, I put the songs in. If I can tell three, I put... So it's all structured. So wherever we are, we will stop. We should be able to at least visit one of the incidents that we read this morning. So don't worry. Okay? More about Jesus would I know. More of his grace to others show. More of his saving fullness see. More of his love who died for me. More about Jesus let me learn. More of his holy will discern. Spirit of God my teacher be. Showing the things of Christ to me. More about Jesus in the word, holding communion with my Lord, hearing his voice in every line, making each faithful saying mine. More about Jesus on the throne, riches in glory all his own. More of his kingdom sure increase, more of his coming prince of peace. More, more about Jesus, more of his saving fullness see, more of his love who died for me. My mom sang this for me as a child. Not for me, but sang it around the house. Many times, many times as we studied the word. And so my encouragement to you today will be that if there is anything that should occupy your mind and will give you grace and joy is the Lord Jesus Christ. And so I'm hoping and, um, that I will be able to at least encourage you that way. Now it's your turn to at least engage me before I go in. So don't worry, I'll finish on time. Around one o'clock, that's the plan. So how many physically blind people did Jesus give sight as recorded in the Gospels? I heard two, I heard three. Any more answer? I like that. <laughs> At least three. Okay. I didn't answer that previous one. You know, we we leave it hanging. Okay. I, I mean, we leave it hanging, but I like his answer. Okay. How many, the number of times Jesus said he was amazed or marveled in the gospel? <laughs> no more at least. <laughs> How many? Two times. What are the things that Jesus said amazed him? Faith. Unbelief. It's all around faith. He was amazed at the faith of the man we are going to read about, or we are going to study today, and he was amazed at the unbelief in Nazareth where he grew up. Okay. This, I don't expect you to know unless you flip it or do that. But you might. What is the first recorded miracle that Jesus performed in the Gospel of Luke? 
in the Gospel of Luke, very specific. You know, the first miracle he performed was turning water to wine, but the first miracle recorded in the Gospel of Luke. What's that? Healing a man from leprosy. We are going to move on. Uh, Look, a man with demon. I think that's the first man. I think. Yes, yes, yes. All right. And what is the number of miracles performed by Jesus Christ recorded in the Gospels? I really, I took, I saw a commentary, this thing that had a number. So, the number. The questions were not meant to be hard or meant to put you on the spot. (laughs) All right. Unknown, but many. Unknown, but many. I mean, they put 35 there, but it's not correct. So, let's get to our passage today. And I'll show, well, let me quickly just see if I can flip back a little bit. Here. If you look at verse 21, where John the Baptist sent his disciples to Jesus, verse 21. At that very time, Jesus cured many people of their diseases, illnesses, and evil spirit, and that's many people. He restored sight to many who were blind, at least three, right? (laughs) But in terms of curing, many. And then he says, goes back. See, the many for the diseases is separate from the many on the site, just to make sure that that demarcation is there. My point is this. He did many miracles, much more than recorded. Some incidents are reported in details. Others are not. Most of them are not. All right, so we come to the passage, you know, in Luke chapter 4, we see this Jesus um, looking after some people, and verse 40, he says, and the sun went down that evening, people throughout the village brought sick family members to Jesus. No matter what their diseases were, the touch of his hands healed everyone. Many were possessed by demons, and the demons came out at his command, shouting, you are the son of God. But because they knew he was the Messiah, he rebuked them and refused to let them speak. So don't worry if you are worried that NLT is not translating it well. I actually looked at New American Standard Bible to make sure. So, and you can look at it too. So in Luke chapter 5, all of this happened. The Lord Jesus dealt with Simon, he dealt with A man with leprosy, he dealt with a man paralyzed and brought by his friends. In Luke chapter 6, and um, 
here we have it again. They had come to hear him and to be healed of their diseases. And those troubled by evil spirit were healed. Everyone tried to touch him because healing power went out from him and he healed everyone. More about Jesus will I learn. More about Jesus would I know. I do have a summer project that I'm embarking on and I want you to join me. And that is read the gospel of Luke and fall in love with Jesus again. There's a lot said in Luke about the Lord Jesus that I believe when you read, you will find out that the Lord Jesus meets the needs of individuals, people, individual people, not necessarily the crowd. He does that as well. One of my heroes, I hardly put up a stuff from people. I rarely do this, but I'm going to put this one up, you know, just for us. The Gospel of Luke, Warren Wesby says this, has always been my favorite gospel. I appreciate Matthew, picture of the king, Mark, record of Jesus as the servant, John, majestic story of Jesus as the eternal son of God, but my heart finds its home in the gospel of Luke, and I will tell you why. It is especially the gospel of sympathy and compassion. In it, we meet individual people and not crowds. We meet Jesus, the great physician, as he tenderly meets the needs of all kinds of people. Luke is the gospel of compassion and sympathy, of childhood and the home, of singing and weeping. Luke is a story of a journey, a journey to the cross. Luke says of Jesus, he steadfastly set his face to go to Jerusalem. Nearly half of Luke's gospel is devoted to the record of Jesus' last journey to Jerusalem. He knew why he was going there. He was going there to die. So, I'm trying to encourage us to learn more about the Lord Jesus. To fall in love with the Lord Jesus. To think of our lives in light of who he is and what he can do. To bring our problems and not, see, not be so, so, so academic or so technical in our mindset that we forget to go to the Lord about it. To you know, think that Jesus is concerned about every aspect of our life. And I believe the book, the Gospel of Luke, will get us there. The way I personally do it, I have a the Bible app that, uh, you know, Bible, uh, what is it called? The U version. I have four translations that read. So I start with one and play it when I get on the trail. I don't put things in my ears because I don't want to not to be able to hear, so I just play it and then just keep going, pay attention to it. When I'm done with that translation, I move to the next one, pay attention to it, just trying to absorb and listen to what they have to say. All right. So, the Gospel of Luke. We meet individuals. We meet Jesus, the great physician, and Luke wants to come across to us that Jesus is a friend of people in need. That Jesus Christ is never too busy. Never too busy to meet individual needs. We're going to see that. We'll begin to see that this morning as we speak. I'm looking at the time. I think that clock is wrong. <laughs> so I, I think it's wrong. Let me, let me make sure that I'm right, that the clock is wrong. 
almost wrong. <laughs> yeah, so, so Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He hasn't changed. And he wants to speak to us where we are at in our needs and circumstances. And the word of God can help us do that. And in Acts chapter 10, verse 38, where Peter was sent to the house of Cornelius to preach. Peter was preaching. It says God doesn't respect people. And then he started saying how God anointed Jesus Christ of Nazareth with Holy Ghost and with power. He went about doing good, healing all that were oppressed. And Peter was, kept going as he was talking to Cornelius. Did you notice that he never finished his sermon? Because the Spirit of God came down and then said, can anyone stop these ones from being baptized? But he remembered that God, Jesus, was sent to do good. So I need to move. All right. A chapter in, Luke's, in, in, in Jesus' life, Jesus Christ, a friend of individuals in need. So, summary of what we read. It was a long passage. 50, 50 verses. And you probably didn't keep track of all that was read. The first section had to do with a Roman centurion. He requested physical healing for his servant. He was a man of high standing, and Jesus performed a great miracle for him by physically healing his son. The second section was about a distraught woman with a dead son. She did not ask Jesus for anything. But Jesus had compassion on her. And Jesus performed a greater miracle. Physical resurrection. The third section that we read was about an imprisoned prophet. He made a request to Jesus, hoping Jesus would perform a miracle for him. That's John the Baptist, sent his disciples. The miracle didn't happen, what he was hoping, I think. But Jesus declares him to be the greatest person that has ever lived. And the last person that we encountered in Luke chapter 7 was a sinful woman who demonstrated faith in Jesus for spiritual healing. A woman of low standing. And Jesus performs the greatest miracle. Salvation, spiritual resurrection for her. Diverse people, diverse needs, and the Lord met them where they are at. Jesus is a friend of individuals. So when Jesus had finished saying all this to the people, he returned to Capernaum. So this is the only one we are going to touch on as I look at that clock. At that time, the highly valued slave of a Roman officer was sick and near death. When the officer heard about Jesus, he sent some respected Jewish elders to ask him to come and heal his servant. So they earnestly begged Jesus to help the man. If anyone deserves your help, he does, they said. For he loves the Jewish people and even built a synagogue for us. So Jesus went with them, but just before they arrived at the house, the officer sent some friends to say, Lord, don't trouble yourself by coming to my home. 
For I am not worthy of such an honor. I'm not even worthy to come and meet you. Just say the word from where you are, and my servant will be healed. I know this because I am under the authority of my superior officers, and I have authority over my soldiers. I only need to say, go, and they go, or come, and they come. And if I say to my slaves, do this, they do it. When Jesus heard this, he was amazed. Turning to the crowd that was following him, he said, I tell you, I haven't seen faith like this in all Israel. And when the officer's friend returned to his house, they found the slave completely healed. So, a little bit about the man himself. He was a Gentile. He was a pagan. And he was probably trained to be self-sufficient, like we are. My man made my, I don't need lean on crutches. But when life strikes sometimes, you realize that self-sufficient doesn't work. So he was a Roman, a Gentile, trained to be self-sufficient. He was also a commander of at least 100 soldiers. So, it's likely he was very rich. And had lots of resources at his disposal. So this issue could have been solved, or he might have tried to solve this problem using the resources that he had at his disposal, and nothing seemed to work. He also had a sick servant, we know that, that he loved. He heard about Jesus, because Jesus' base was in Capernaum, and sent Jewish leaders to Jesus. And the Jewish leaders, when they showed up, they said, this man deserves your help. He deserves your help. He loves the Jewish people and he has built synagogue for us. But the man himself said twice, I'm not worthy for Jesus to visit my home and I'm not worthy to even go and see him. I think of him as a humble man, a Roman officer telling a poor Jewish rabbi. Remember, Jesus is not yet very famous. He's telling a poor Jewish rabbi, I'm not worthy. He described his faith in Jesus by thinking of it in terms of what he does. Commanding soldiers and that Jesus has the ability to command sicknesses and diseases. So he saw a parallel and he said, I'm under authority, you are under authority, you have the right to exercise your authority, I exercise mine. And he said, just say the word. And something will happen. Marvelous faith. Jesus commended his faith and said he marveled at his faith. The Lord Jesus responds. So Jesus was on the way. He was going to the man's house. He was going there to the Gentile home. And while he was going there, he got this message. His best is read. But just before they arrived at the house, the officer sent some friends to say, Lord, don't trouble yourself by coming to my home, for I am not worthy of such a honor. I'm not even worthy to come and meet you. Just say the word from where you are, and my servant will be healed. I know this because I'm under the authority of my superior officers, and I have authority over my soldiers. I only need to say go. And they go, and they, they say come, and they come. 
And I say to my slave, do this, and they do it, and the Lord Jesus marveled. He said, I have never seen such faith in Israel. As I read this passage, I realized that Jesus didn't even say a word. At least in Luke's account, he didn't say a word other than said he marveled and said, I've never seen such faith. But a miracle occurred. So twice in the gospel record, Jesus marveled or was amazed here at this man, a Gentile, and the unbelief of the Jews. Lessons. I just want to wrap it up with this one. I'm not going to the other ones. It was set up to be like that so that we won't be here till one. The man loved his slave. That's a quality worth emulating. You'll agree. Especially loving small people. Sometimes we feel that we are above certain people, so they owe us. We don't owe them, and so they bow to us. But in the sight of God, we are all equal. So there's no class. There's no small, there's no big. There's no, all of us are on level ground. And so we need to have love towards one another, especially for the believer. The Lord Jesus said by this, all men will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. Humility is a highly prized attribute that all of us should aspire to have. Not pride or entitlement. He didn't say, you know, I'm the Roman officer and you have to come. This man said, I'm not worthy. I'm not even worthy for you to come to my house. I'm not even worthy to come and see you. And that's the quality that we should have as well. In James, we are told that God resists the proud but gives more grace to the humble. He says, humble yourself, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, and he will exalt you. It's a quality that we have ought to have. What more? Jesus cares about our needs, including physical needs. I know in this part of the world, we tend to have the mindset that we can meet all physical needs. We don't need the Lord. And so it's only when we are back up in a corner that we remember we've run out of resources, we call upon the Lord. I think it should be an idea to call upon him at all times with all needs, big or small. We should not exclude him from our needs. And Jesus honors faith. Faith. Faith is prized by the Lord. You know, I find myself, as I lived here for a long time, that I've become rich, and I can do many things that I tend to not rely heavily on the Lord as I used to. And this worries me. It worries me. In the scripture, when you read, when the Lord Jesus was in the boat with his disciples, and there was storm, and when the storm arose on, in the boat, the Lord Jesus stood up and then he rebuked the storm, and he says, why is it that you have no faith? 
And then they marvel and said, what manner of man is this? And then you go on the next place when he sent them into, with a boat in the storm and then he stepped in there because there was wind, waves and all of that. He, he rebuked them. He said, why is it that you have little faith? The Lord wants us to grow our faith. And the way we can grow our faith is, like the disciples did, they prayed to the Lord, Lord, increase our faith. Help us to trust you more and more. We read that in Luke chapter 17, verse 5. And we can build up our faith by listening to the word of God. Faith coming by hearing and hearing by the word of God. I'm afraid we are spending too much time on TikTok, on internet, and all of those things, and we are hearing fear and doubt and every other word apart from the word of God. And so we can build our faith by listening to the word of God and then just ensuring that we are soaking it in, meditating on it, and chewing it up so that it becomes part of our life. Hence the summer project. Because you will see Jesus Christ meeting needs of individuals with diverse needs. In fact, that chapter we read had all kinds of people with all kinds of issues and the Lord didn't meet them the same way. Remind you again, a very high official is met, a distraught woman, an imprisoned prophet, a sinful woman. All I've done is touch this. Only one constant in all of these situations, Jesus Christ. He was there for them as individuals, not as a group. And they took their burden to the Lord, him of the ages. Like I said, I'll continue. I knew I will. But I want to challenge you to go back to the scriptures, back to the word. And the gospel of Luke, I can talk it up a great deal. It is the longest gospel with lots of information about individuals and blessings. He even talks about prosperity for my prosperity friends. He talks about material things more than any other book in the scripture. Go to it and read it. You'll be blessed. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for your word. I pray that you will give us an appetite to grow and to fall in love with Jesus Christ once more. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. So I'm about to sing in this song. Sorry.